This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. What's up, everybody? Okay, do you guys know that even if we all ate the same and exercised the same, that we would all still look completely different? I'm Lacey Green. I'm a super trainer with body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. I'm telling you, this is something that you need in your life. The app isn't just about having a perfect body, because what is that anyway? It's about what we call health esteem. Feeling good about yourself right now, just as you are, as you work on the person you are becoming. Using Body's tools to find your version of happy and healthy. Body isn't just some software. It's people. It's trainers, nutrition, and mindset experts, and a community of other people just like you and me. And they even have my program for beginners only, which you have to try even if you've never worked out a day in your life. I'll get you off the couch and started on day one, finding the joy and dropping the judgment. And don't take my word for it. You can try it for free right now for 14 days at body.com. That's body with an I.com. Let's get up, get moving and feel good. Everybody, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not one of those. Everybody who skips the shorties, yeah. like, is so yeah. confused. They're like, "What? What just happened?" <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we we kind of paused a conversation that we had we're having yesterday that I don't know why we've never talked about on the podcast, but gyno. Visits, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which oh, every girl. male listener is like, fast forward, skip, fast skip, forward, skip. fast skip. forward. You know what though? I, I I feel like you should listen again. I feel like this every time. I feel like male listeners should listen to these conversations so that they have a better understanding. And actually, if the tables were turned and it was like something to do with men's health, I would want to listen. I'm, I'm yeah. curious. Like I want to know what goes on. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I'm constantly asking Eric questions about what it is to walk around with a penis. I don't know how they don't sit on it all the I time. I was thinking the same thing. Like, how mm. do you not sit on your balls, like, more often? Always. Right. Yeah. But huh. anyways, I... <laughs> right in. Let us know. <laughs> I don't understand why, and maybe this is just my own experience, but... I got taken in to my first gyno appointment at 14 because I was having like serious cramps and, and everything like that and wanted to be put on, on birth control. Also, there is a history of abnormal stuff going on down there in my family, like uterine cancer, cervical cancer, that sort of thing. So my mom takes me to the OBGYN, doesn't say a word about what this appointment is going to be like. Oh no, so what be, to expect? Uh, nothing. Not My mom didn't warn zilch. me either, I don't think. Like I really don't think that she uh, I don't think that she told me what it was going to be like when they stick that like speculum in you. I That's feel like my mom did. Worst part. Which is weird because my mom is not the person who in a million years is that like we can openly talk about sex and things like that at all. <laughs> it, so it was weird because I, I, 
she I feel like she did prepare me that it would be uncomfortable that like the whole kind like the process and whatever. But I actually had a really amazing first experience with my OB. Of course you did, Cassie. I feel like every time we have these conversations, Cassie's the one who's like, actually, my first kiss was great. And we're like, what the fuck? Sorry. (laughs) Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Um, If it makes you feel better, it's because I got pregnant on prom night that I had to go. So (laughs) So there's that. Um, I mean, if if that helps at all, if it helps that I was also <laughs> pregnant in high school, and that's why I had to go to to my OB for the first appointment. Um, so yeah, that's that's where not talking about sex would have been better. Like going when I was fourteen, but you know, whatever. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. But my experience there was actually good because the thing, the dreaded speculum, which we all have talked about, like privately, is mm-hmm. that. It's this fucking cold metal mm-hmm. thing that gets mm-hmm. shoved into your vaginal hole, which actually has mm-hmm. feelings, surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, has nerve endings and whatnot. So you can feel that shit. My doctor had a warming tray wow. that she kept her speculum on so that it was nice and roasty toasty before she oh, used it. See, Not had, hot, but like you yeah. had a woman. I did. My first I did. OBGYN. 14-year-old girl, Mm-mm. a grown man Mm-mm. is no. looking. I I think that's so weird. I don't like it. Ooh. I refused. Whenever I went when I was like 12 or 13 because my cramps were so bad. And um, I straight up told my mom, I was like, I do not want a male OBGYN at right. that age. And since then, I never have had one. And I don't want one. It is invasive and weird enough especially as a teenager to have right. any stranger like feeling you up because like, like I, I had that too on my breast like like at 14 i hadn't even looked at my own vagina right yet like okay by that point i had definitely like masturbated but i still hadn't gone like inside do you know what i mean like yeah. there was I had, no exploratory yeah exactly yeah. so you're a 14-year-old girl, legs Ugh. spread, with Mm-mm. a grown man looking at some... I, I, dude, raised Catholic, too. <gasps> oh, my God. It was literally... Wow. I still, like, cringe at it. I, I was holding my breath. He kept having to tell me to breathe because I was just Ugh. holding my That's breath. That's terrible. Like, was your mom, like, uncomfy? At all? Because I feel like if it was my daughter, I would feel real weird. I know it's a doctor, and I know you're supposed to be like, it's a doctor, right. and this is a doctor's visit. But like, still, like, it's so weird and uncomfortable anyway, because you are, you know, splayed open. I hadn't had any sexual experiences at all at that time. They stick this thing in you, and then they crank it open like a fucking car jack so that they can, like, look in there. And then I had, like, whenever I was in my, like, in high school at like 14 or 15 I had um like cysts in my breasts and mm. had the OBGYN have to like reach up in there like you're naked underneath a robe or whatever and mm-hmm. like feel your boobs yep. and it was weird enough with a grown woman who I didn't know like yeah, having right. a man do that to me as an as a teenager would have felt so fucking uncomfortable Okay, so question. I've never not had a boob exam 
that wasn't just full like chest out like never like it's always been full exposure like mm-hmm. never an up under kind of situation do you guys you still get breast exams like that when you're getting your annual right yeah um, mine, are, mine are full out at this point i'm yeah. like i'm fucking oh, I don't well like, yeah. you're not i'm I also an care. adult right? here's where i'm opening myself up to criticism um We've discussed that I don't go to the doctor. I have not seen an OBGYN in years. <gasps> Keegan Marie I know, Winfield. I know. I know. I know. Listen. My health insurance just sent me a thing and they're like, bitch, you're at an age now where you need to go get like checked yeah. out for cervical cancer. Like you need to go like do yeah. all the things. I have not seen an OB in in embarrassingly shameful long hey, amount of time girl i'm i'm not one to talk that this is literally because i i'm in the same boat as you i am not a doctor person i don't like it uh, my last checkup like physical was over uh, gosh it's been a long time i cannot remember so that's bad but the one thing that i keep up on and it is because of my family history the only thing is OBGYN. I know. I need to go. I know I need to go. But to answer your question, yeah, I think at this point in my life, like full tits out. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I'm not shy about it anymore. Like, you know, years of musical sure. theater have completely, <laughs> I, I'll get naked right. in front of anybody. Like when I went to try on <laughs> yeah. wedding dresses, like the woman who was like helping me in and out of the dresses was like, you know, do you want me to turn my back? Do you want to keep your stuff on? And I was like, like, nah, full tits. I was like, I asked her, I was like, are you uncomfortable? Because if you're not uncomfortable, I'm not uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so funny. That whole theater thing really does take away a lot of body shame because you're just Mm -hmm. like, you're just used to changing in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Just letting it loose. I, I think that here's the thing. If nothing else, this conversation, I hope, just reminds women and men how important it is to get your sexual health checkup. Absolutely. Because it is, gosh, there's so much that can be missed. I mean, I, I know myself, I'm due for a mammogram. I've actually been, I'm overdue for a mammogram. But I've with ta- everything I'm going on. I'm terrified of that. Oh, okay. So we need to talk about that. Am I the only one who's had a mammogram? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never had okay. one. I'm getting to the point. Well, I mean, I'll be 40 You're, next year. Yeah. So, 35 is when I did my baseline. Or I might have been a little bit younger than that it was right before i got my boobs done but i did it because they before you do like if you're going to do breast augmentation surgery they they have you do a baseline just to make sure that it was Mm -hmm. like they're like there's no reason to put brand new boobies in if you're gonna you know yeah you cut them out and uh we want to make sure that whatever we're doing you know it's safe there and whatever um so i got my baseline mammogram before i had my my breast augmentation and you know, I've heard my mom, my mom scared, pretty much scared the shit out of me. She's like, it is the most painful thing you'll ever do. Oh my God. Ugh. It's so, and it's, I was like, I don't think it I is though. legitimately was so frightened that I was like, oh, this is going to be so suck. It's going to be so painful. Let me tell you this. I, it would not at all painful. It at all. For me, and I understand that everybody has a different sensitivity, and especially when it comes to breast tissue as a general whole. I know that some people have much more pain tolerance versus others, but what I'll tell you is this, the pain isn't long lasting. It may pinch, it may hurt for what, all of 
two minutes total to save your fucking life, it's worth it. Like, honestly, it's and it. I didn't find it painful. But even if you're somebody who finds like that kind of thing, that's like it's so quick and it's so you're done. Once it's done, it's done. It's not like a long lasting pain. It's mm-hmm. basically just your boob gets smashed inside of like a pla- two plastic pieces and it just smushes it together to take a, a picture. And so it's uncomfortable in just the way that like I think to you where you have to hold yourself in the machine, especially because I was smaller at the time. So Keegan, more relatable to you. Oh, no. Like it was weird, like kind of the way I had to eat. <laughs> right, it was, like, for the them. Whole, to be able to grab to enough, kind of, grab hold. Oh my yeah. god! I'm to gonna need like the extra large machine. <laughs> they're like they, they add come a in piece. different sizes. They're like yeah, small, right. medium, large. We're yeah. like we're gonna have to take a panorama of this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get some pans in here. Uh, no, we. Uh, but it, it it's not. It definitely for me was not painful. Um, again, I know that there's different tenderness with different people. and, and Well, it also thing. depends on the time of month because sometimes I can mm-hmm. just like sure. slap those titties around and then it comes to there that certain type type of month where I'm like, mm-hmm. don't even look at my boobs. They hurt right now. Dude, that's how I'm feeling right now. Like I'm like <laughs> pre-period right now. And like yes, me too. I was, in the, I was in the kitchen like doing something and I like knocked against the side of one of my boobs with my arm and I was like, ow. <laughs> No, it's so funny. Listen, I slept on my right side last night. My boob hurts so bad. (laughs) Sometimes, so I get it. It is. It's just like they just hurt. Just being hurts, and I've got tiggle bitties. So like (laughs) that, like day or two when you have like that that period sensitivity in your breasts. I'm like like these giant knockers on me are just like just hurting. And I go up to Eric. I'm like, can you just like hold them up? Like just mm. lightly hold them up. But true. They just hurt right now. <laughs> but also the thing is, is that a bra is it is too much support. Yes. There is something about just being held out real lightly with your hands. Mm-hmm. That does make the difference. It's real weird. <laughs> I know. Um, my point being totally worth it. Plan around your period though. Cause that is true too. So there is definitely something to be said about that. But yeah. you can always make your appointment at a certain time of the month where that makes the most sense. But totally I, I am grateful it. that my mom, like she never catastrophized that to me. Like she was always like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And as we talked about yesterday when we were having our private conversation, you know, there is medical speak where people are like you you might feel a little pinch it might be slightly oh. uncomfortable or whatever and you're like you're fucking lying to me um but yeah. in this case like i i believe her like she's just like yeah i mean it's not the most comfortable thing in the world but she's like it's not as bad as right. everybody i feel like in like the 80s yeah. and 90s made it sound like it was like maybe the machines are better now i don't know but like i don't know I'm not scared of that. Like I would, I, I'm I'm not as scared of that as I am of like maybe some other things that have to happen. I I, I hate the speculum. I hate having that. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. so uncomfortable. Um, to oh, me, the, so the IUD was the the worst. That was that was the worst because that you have the speculum, you have all that stuff, and then literally my thought in that it has made me terrified to ever have a child now because oh, what no. they're doing is going up in your in your cervix through up into your uterus with this piece of metal and this thing is like the circumference of a bobby pin mainly and that's how oh, badly no. it hurt so now i think 
about a baby head <gasps> and what that must feel like going through your cervix. And it's mm. just, dude. But your body changes and adjusts and adapts to a thing that's growing inside of you. It's totally different. And hey, I'm not going to say that having a baby is not painful because that shit sucks. I mean, <laughs> good, because we would have told you to your face that you were a liar. Like, if you were like, oh, it was sunshine yeah. and roses for me. <laughs> like, oh, um, bitch, please. You know how bad it I know. was for me having babies. Oh, I know. Yeah, no. oh, I, man. That will still, not be my glory story. <laughs> I still get scarred from a friend of ours who had a baby, Cass, who she, I had no idea, bright, fresh, 20-year-old, you know, and I, I don't think people talk very openly about what happens to your body when you have a kid? She was talking yeah. about having to get stitched from her like <laughs> asshole to her vagina because oh. that whole mm-hmm. area ripped and she was her stitches started itching. So she's like, All I want to do is just go to town on one of those hairbrushes uh-huh. down oh. there. And I'm like, I-, I told you that I was in the room because my mom had my little brothers at home. And I was in the room when she got stitched up because oh. she she tore with my little brother. And then there was another time whenever I was dating this guy and, um, you know, I was like, I'm going to marry this guy. Right. Dumb, dumb, like early 20s. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like talking to his mom. And his mom was like a little tipsy. And she's talking to me and we're talking about kids for some reason. And she's like, well, you know, whenever I had him, the guy I was dating, I tore from hole to hole. <gasps> no, 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 And no, I no. was like, what? <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like no. that. I don't like that. No. Oh, my God. I clamped up so hard. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that. nothing makes me want to have a kid with your son less than you telling me that right now. Like, yeah. oh, my God. That's, yeah, I mean. I'm coming from a place where I have, in my life anyways, actively avoided pain. And I've done a great yes. job of that. I've mm-hmm. never broken an arm. Me a too. Rule for myself is I generally do not put me on machinery <laughs> that propels my body faster than it can go, i.e. bikes, roller skates, skis, mm-hmm. snowboards, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Fuck that. How do you feel about My a mechanical body? bull? Like you Exactly. Know? I'm not a mechanical person. I have a lazy eye, bad depth perception. So I do not like to put myself in harm's risk. Therefore, I literally like the IUD is probably the most painful thing that I've had to go through. I have led a blessed life. And so the idea <laughs> of a baby head tearing my teeth no, open. No, I know. <laughs> I makes know. me literally want to crawl the, out of my skin. The genuine fear. Again, I, I also feel like maybe I have also, knock on wood, been blessed in that way that like I have never broken a bone. You guys, mm-hmm. not to brag, but kind of Same. brag. I've never had a cavity. Like I've never had anything okay. that is like wow painful. In other than like my like cr- my cramps, I feel like that is the universe paying me back for like a lifetime of ease is like how painful my my monthly cramps are. But beyond that, like I don't experience pain on that scale. I can't even imagine what it must feel like to break like your arm. You know what I mean? So the idea of I've stubbed my toe real hard. <laughs> 
Same. Okay. I have experienced that. I have experienced that. But yeah, the idea of like of, of childbirth is very scary. And I know like everyone says the same thing and they're like, it's it's not lasting and like you're it's worth it <laughs> and all that That's shit. But cute. I'm like, I <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm still friends with the ICU nurses. So come talk to me about how that doesn't last. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Everyone oh. says it. They're like, they're like, your body forgets how much pain you were in. And that's why you want to have more kids after that. And I'm like, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it depends, I guess. Shout out to all the mamas Ooh, who are listening exactly. right now. Props to y'all because you're strong. <laughs> I big, t- big time and uh, yeah i'm i'm terrified to be doing what you're doing and that's just the childbirth part uh, all Don't of even it get me started <laughs> about raising the damn all of kid. it all of Good it lord <laughs> you're like terrifying you know what miss me on all of it especially right now where i'm just like how are people like okay like i was watching something and there was a commercial and i was just like this is some lies because it was a commercial and it was like we know that working from home and parenting is is hard. And I'm like, I hear what you're saying. But the image they were playing was like this woman sitting on the floor, like working on a laptop on the on the coffee table with a toddler, like running around under the table, like fucking with shit. And the woman is like, <laughs> like, she's huh. like smiling and huh. laughing and like wrestling no. with the kid. And I'm like, I have a feeling that Mm-mm. most parents at this point in the pandemic are not feeling like that about no. working from because my cats fuck with me while I'm trying to be in meetings and stuff and it's annoying I can't imagine if a toddler <laughs> like and they have no idea there's like nothing uh, it, dude there's there's so much I think about parenting during this past year that I can't even begin to understand or or empathize with uh, the the struggle I mean, I I think about uh, our friend Vanessa mm-hmm. with oh. Joey, mm-hmm. like, and, and she got two. Yeah. yeah, she's got two. Yeah. Oh, mm. I it's it's hard. It's really tough. Like, I gotta give everybody like so many props for being able to just survive. And I think that that's something that should be discussed as well. Like, I'm not a parent, so maybe like I shouldn't speak on it. But I'm just like, look, man, whatever you got to do to make it through this period, because I feel like a lot of parents that I've spoken to are hard on themselves about like, you know, their child schooling right now and like all of these things that are happening. And I'm like, whatever you need to do just to make sure your child is like healthy and like happy is just right. like you're doing great like that's enough yeah. you know it's hard you are doing great right oh now. my god that's my motto oh. like honestly like friday i had a turning point where the this whole week has been super tough because i'm waiting to hear back on this this job and and everything and just feeling really discouraged, really down, super down emotionally. And then Friday, it literally was like this finger snap where I was just like, I got to let go of control. I don't have any control in this situation. That's the thing I have to keep struggling with and reminding myself, let go of control and just know that I'm doing my best. So I'm like, you know, Chris with the camera. You're doing great, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Like, Honestly, we motto. should we should all print those out and put them on our bathroom mirrors as a mantra reminder <laughs> because like I feel the same way like I've gotten really 
down. Like there are days I have a lot of things that I need to be doing. And there are days when I'm just not as productive as I need to be. Like every day mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I have this amount of things that I should do or check off my, my to-do list to keep myself on track. And there are days when those things don't get done and I start to feel bad about yep, myself. Same. But I have to remind myself that like, you're doing what you need to do to make it to tomorrow. And like, that's, Mm -hmm. that's it. And like, as long as you take care of yourself to the best of your ability, just to make it through, then you're doing the best you can. And like, that's, that's it. You know, the rest of it will take care of itself tomorrow. We'll worry about itself. Just get through today. (laughs) You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, that that Capricorn energy in myself is just like, I have the same thing where I'm like, I know every day when I wake up how to be like the best at peopling. Mm -hmm. I'm like... (laughs) This is this is how you're the best person. You mm-hmm. wake up and you're you do this amount of working out and you mm-hmm. eat these correct foods and you drink this amount of water and mm. you're nice to everybody and you like you have a, tally. a whole list of things of like best at peopling, excelling at peopling, total Capricorn control mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at any time that I miss one or don't do it, like the next day I'm just like, well, you're a piece of shit. You're awful. You're the worst person. And I'm like, stopping that cycle in Mm -hmm. my head is the Mm. biggest thing that I've had to confront during this pandemic and just realize like, just doing the best you can is, is fine. is okay. Right now, now, it's enough. Like, and you're not failing because you're not doing everything that you wish you were doing. Like it's been an unusually difficult time for everybody. So just making it is the most you can do right now. If that's it, if that's all you got in you, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Some days you're going to be Bernie Sanders with the mittens. <laughs> Some days you're going to be Michelle Obama. That's right. Mm. Full blowout. You know? And they're and they're all great. They're all great. Mm-hmm. They're all great. <laughs> Some of them are just more glamorous than others. <laughs> Speaking, Amen. But speaking of the Capricorn thing that you're talking about, it actually reminded me of a conversation that Chris and I had the other day, which prompted an idea for a, a FMK. Mm. Perfect. Okay. So we were laying in bed and I was scrolling through something and there was an ad for like, like Ruffles potato chips, like mm-hmm. just basic plain Ruffles potato chips. You know, I love me a like, ruffle. Oh, uh-huh. he's like, Plain ruffles are the best. I was like, that was the most Capricorn answer that I've ever heard in my life. It is correct. Because I said, I said, if that was Aries, we would have said barbecue flavored are the best. And then I came to Keegan and I was like, I think Keegan would say that like, that like, um, uh, maybe like a, a vinegar and oh, uh, you know, a salt and vinegar is my jam. Salt- like, that's my jam all day long. Did I a nail salt you guys? And vinegar chip. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Period week is like those plain ruffles. Uh-huh. The original ruffles, and then I had to go find the the green onion dip packets. Mm, yeah, mm, those I are the better ones, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dude. Let me tell you, um, Anthony will attest to how <laughs> this is how sad and boring my life has become. How excited I was in the grocery store the other day to see that the like ranch dip is back. 
because in the mm. beginning of the pandemic, like it sold out and was gone for like a long time. Like they could People not keep were it. Hoarding ranch dip. Yeah, they couldn't keep it in stock. At least not at my Ralph's. Like it was just oh. never available. And so I was like in the chip aisle, and I was like, <gasps> Anthony. I was like, oh my gosh, the, the ranch dip is back. Like, I was like, so excited. <laughs> You're like screaming. People are like, what? <laughs> They're like, everybody needs to fucking chill. Like, clearly she hasn't left her house for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I also thought, here's the other thought that I had. I was like, I think that sour cream, uh, sour cream and chives was the other one I had for you, mm. Pisces. Mm. I oh, like, I love a sour cream, cream and onion, onion too. I also like yeah. a sour cream and cheddar. Yes. Um, yeah, that cheddar, one's good cream. too. Yeah, and I feel like that one, you you, like that's a special ruffle treat because I feel like you Mm. don't get those as often for some reason. Like they're just like not around as much. Like I feel like they end up getting put in like lunch bags or like if you're on set and you're getting like crafty (laughs) for some reason, they have like those little bitty bags of Mm -hmm. sour cream and cheddar. But like, yeah, you don't see it on the reg like some of the other ones. So like, mm -hmm. mm. oh, now I want chips. Delicious. I know. Right? <laughs> I know. So, so what's your FMK? My FMK was our our signs as Ruffles potato chips, which was either plain Ruffles barbecue and salt and vinegar. We're gonna do okay. potatoes two two weeks in a row. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I thought about that too. I was like, if that sucks, we don't. Um, have to I do mean, it. Listen, we can change that. No, we, we've we, already said we love potatoes on this podcast. So. <laughs> yes, let's double down. Two weeks in a row, potato round two. Our signs is chips. Mm. Um, oh, man. Okay. Okay. I know what I'm going to do. Okay. okay. First and foremost, I am going to marry salt and vinegar. Okay. Shocker. I am a little surprised. I'm surprised. I think, I think salt and vinegar challenges me. Mm. Brings me out of my shell a little bit. Like, opens me up in a way that... I'm just like, it's 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 challenging to me, and I mm-hmm. like to be I like to be challenged. I'm gonna f- I'm gonna fuck the um the original because it's it's comfortable for me. Mm. Like we have the same moves. It's one mm-hmm. of those times when you're dating somebody and you go to fuck them for the first time, and you're it it's just like In everything sync. automatically fits. It's not like great. It's not mind blowing, but it's just like you. It's comfortable. For some reason, have that that chemistry. Where yeah, you, you I know. feel like the plane is like the person you date, like your first love, like the person mm-hmm. you dated in high school. That like yeah. you go back ten years later and everything still works. Yeah, like that's what yeah. the plane feels mm-hmm. like for me. But yeah, it's it's not it's not a passionate love. Mm. Even though I right. like I get them every month. I I do I. I enjoy original potato chips. I really do. It's very comfortable. But for me, I feel like the salt and vinegar is like a challenging, passionate kind of kind of love. Whereas barbecue for me is like it's too it, it, it's too much. It's 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 spicy. It's confrontational to me. Mm-hmm. Where I'm oh like, man, I told mm-hmm. you the Aries was barbecue chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Nailed it. You know, like I feel like. Okay, I feel like for me, I, I I think I am also going to marry a salt and vinegar chip. You know it's my go-to. I fucking love them. Everything you said plus, I feel like salt and vinegar chips also give you boundaries, right? Because they will tell you like if you've had too many, 
like the roof of your oh. mouth hurts. Yes. Like you're in pain, you know? So it's like, it's the salt and vinegar chip tells you like, I need space. Right. And then you know when to respect that. And I appreciate that. That's a healthy relationship. About a relationship. Right. So I'm going to marry. Communicative. Vinegar chip. I am. Because I make bad decisions. Gonna fuck the barbecue chip. Because it's saucy. It's spicy. Right. Like it is confrontational. have, Have BDE for sure. Wow. Barbecue chip is gonna hold your neck. Wow. Right. Like that's yes. a barbecue chip. So um, it, it sounds like a mistake, but it also sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah. we're going to go with that. And I adore plain ruffles. I absolutely mm-hmm. adore plain ruffles. You can dress them up. You can dress them down. You can eat them plain. You can eat them with ranch dip. You can eat them however you want. And if I had the option to friend, I would friend because I love a ruffles, just plain ruffles potato chip. They they do seem like somebody that's got to be like one of your like solid BFFs. They got to you know be I mean? in your group circle for real because like yeah. the the ruffles mm-hmm. plain They're potato reliable. chip is reliable. They're gonna come pick you up from the airport. They're gonna mm-hmm. tell you the truth. Like I love a ruffles plain potato chip, but just with the others, I think yeah. you know, yeah, totally those would be mine. Well, I'm going to just flip the table here. I think we've all got different answers so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am going to fuck barbecue. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Keegan, mm-hmm. spicy. Love it. It's going to take you. It's going to, it is going to take you places. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's, um, uh-huh. it's spicy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's exciting. You don't need it or want it every day. But it is a good, it's a fun time. I feel like barbecue is not one I would ever buy. But when the option mm. is available at like a party, I will always mm. get a handful yeah, of barbecue. Yeah, and it's so funny. Whenever I do, I feel the same way. And then I, I'm like, why don't I buy barbecue it, Precisely. Not precisely. Bad, You're not looking for it, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's not You wouldn't go out looking for it. But mm. if you bumped into it, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, okay. You bump into it at a bar, you're like, <laughs> oh, well, all right. I mean, for just this once, I did forget my muff at home. May I put my hands in your no, pocket? No first names. Um, yeah, exactly. No kissing just, on the mouth. It's a real pretty woman situation. You end up calling him Frederick the next morning. It's fine. Um, I looked at some of your mail. It said Frederick. Um, <laughs> I am going to marry Plain, and here's why. Exactly what Keegan said. You can dress them up. Mm -hmm. You can dress them down. You can take them anywhere. They're supportive. They're there for you. You could, you can take them anywhere. They are an acceptable, like in any environment, Mm -hmm. everyone will love them. Your mom's going to love plain chips. Yeah. They're not offensive. Mm -hmm. They are, Chris is the, Chris is a Capricorn and also the epitome of the plain ruffle chip. Absolutely. Um, and which is why I think it's still a good choice to marry uh, Chris Capricorn Plain Ruffles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm standing by my decision strong 15 years later. Um, salt and vinegar. I do appreciate. <laughs> You're choosing your words real careful right now, I feel like. <laughs> I appreciate that salt and vinegar chips exist. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. I just... 
here's the thing. I think that when I compare salt and vinegar to like a barbecue, I feel like the barbecue is communicating with me from chip one to chip 15. Whereas like salt and vinegar feels almost like a Scorpio where it's like, "Mm, yum, 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 bite. Mm. Right. Okay. And I feel like that I'm the kind of person that needs more communication up front and throughout as opposed to a late bite, like somebody that holds it in and then snaps. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Like I, um, I, I like a good communication from step one. Like, tell me how it is right out the gate. Okay. And I don't, it makes me anxious to be, um, confronted with something that I didn't realize was being bottled up for a long time. Mm. And you're just like, oh, no, I'm sorry, salt and vinegar. I didn't even realize I was offending you. And now you're hurting my mouth. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> well, uh, OK, I, I will push back against that only a tiny bit because no, please. I do feel like salt and vinegar d- does warn you from bite one. Like okay. it's like, look, I'm, I'm a little much. I'm a little much. Don't push me too hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I mean? It. But I do okay. feel like all of our answers are perfect for our personalities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely. that these are that, like, this is how it should go <laughs> when marrying <laughs> potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anyways, this is my worst date. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Christina. I'm Keegan. I'm Cassie. I'm an Aries. I don't like long walks on the beach. Uh. Yeah, I don't think well, we did say that, didn't we? Yeah. So I'm Pisces and then Christina is Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, you guys want to take five and we'll come back with stories? Yeah. And we're back. Cassie, I think it's your turn to kick us off. I think so. Okay. So I... Uh, I have a story from Tinder. Or from Tinder. Wow. Reddit. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. It is about Tinder. I started t- talking to this guy on Tinder the very first day I joined. He was eager to chat and seemed really easy to talk to. His pictures were really good looking and he boasted an MBA from NYU. Hell, I thought I can rock with that. After chatting for about a week, we decided to meet up for drinks. Now, when I was 12... And AIM was a big thing. My parents always warned me not to talk to strangers on the internet. (laughs) Nowadays, we have applications on our smartphones created to facilitate precisely that. Dude, what the fuck happened to all of us 90s kids and 80s kids? It's like everybody was like, don't talk to strangers. We do that on the daily. Don't get into strangers' cars. Well, now we have Uber and Lyft (laughs) all the time. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, No, you're fine. Not only was I talking to strangers, I was now going to meet one up with one of them. <laughs> well, apparently, at least some of my parents' preachings and warnings stuck with me because I decided that we would go to a very public place, stay safe in a public, in public for in the entirety of the date. And we would go separately and meet one another there so that I wasn't getting into a car with a stranger. See, yep. smart, smart, smart. And see, maybe as to your point, Keegan, like that upbringing prepared us for this eventuality in that like you had to learn at 12 that that other 12 year old you were talking to was actually a 47 year old <laughs> oh, creeper, fuck. you yes. know, that instilled in you a level of cynicism that made mm-hmm. you able to deal with 
this technology yeah, now man. in a smart and safe way. I was introduced yeah. to like real world catfishing very young. Like I had mm-hmm. a friend who was being catfished like so young that yeah, that stuff totally sticks with you. That's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Oof. Um we decided to meet at a pub in Washington Square near where he'd gone to school. I thought that was a great idea. I love the area and I love beer. So even if this guy is a turd, I'll still have a nice evening in the city with some yummy craft IPA to help me through. People don't use the word turd as an insult Agree. enough anymore. <laughs> so <Agree>. good. <laughs> so good. I meet the guy there. Let's call him perfect in theory and he's exactly as attractive as i was led to believe from his internet photos he's got a perfect smile wonderful hair and oh god what a body we go into the pub and there are no tables just big giant cushions and poofs that you sit on (laughs) and they're orient little looking scarves draped over hanging on everything it's just super cozy and comfy I just like to me on a first date, that is the last thing I want. Right. I just, first, first of all, I am such a even pre COVID germaphobe that I can't fucking imagine sitting on soft, cushiony things. It just feels like people have left their bugs on it. That's all I can imagine. I, I don't know. <laughs> like for me, I'm like, uh, there could be something fun about going to someplace kind of different, but all I can think is like, I'm going to end up in this position, especially depending on what I've worn. Like, am I going to end up in this position where I look like a fucking like bug on its back that can't get up? You know what I mean? Where I'm trying to like get myself off of one of these giant squishy beanbag chairs. Dude, I am, I'm 39 and my knees are already a little bit bad. I'm like, I'm not sitting on a poof on the floor. Like there are are things you age out of. And I feel like fucking beanbag chairs is one of them. I'm like, that after like 21 is something that you just don't sit on. She doesn't say how old she is in the state, but I'm like just imagining. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I am speaking from 42 year old voice, not like a 24 year old. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I think when I was 21, I would have been like, oh, this is like fun and quirky. But now all I can think of is like, am I going to have to like do one of those things where you like swing your leg up to like propel yourself (laughs) forward to get up off the poof you know like i'm like i don't know man there is not a single way that someone over 30 can gracefully no. and attractively get themselves no. up off a of fucking no. no it's not cute Proving like wrong but Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. once i closed my jaw and stopped drooling over him I realized I was about to be cuddling a giant marshmallow pillow with a sex pot. He introduces himself and kisses me on the cheek. Every bit the perfect gentleman. This continues for almost an hour. He buys me beer and we are having an amazing conversation and laughing. And then he leans in and kisses me. This sex god is kissing me on a velvet cloud with an IPA in my hand. I'm in my own little heaven. Aww. Not 45 minutes into the most perfect date of my life, things start to get a little funky. He starts saying things like, you know, you're really important to me. And my mother is going to love no. you. No. No. You'll fit right in with my family when you meet them next week. Dude, that- you were 
in the clutch. You yeah, had it. Yeah. You like had that's, it. That's a ret- like a record scratch moment. Yes. Like, uh, <gasps> what? No. <laughs> God, that's so disappointing. Ugh. It's so disappointing Ugh. when you're like, you're there. You're right there. You're, you're right there. All you had to do was shut the fuck up for the next yeah. like hour and a half. That's it. Yep. All you had to do. Be quiet. Yeah. That's when he started using the royal versions of pronouns. When he asked me where I wanted to live, work later in life, he said, where should we no. live uh-uh. to graduate law school? And instead of suggesting the city is a fun place to live, but maybe not forever, he said, I don't want to raise our kids <gasps> in the city. We should move to the suburbs. I'm thinking Westchester County or North Jersey. <laughs> Everything was suddenly <laughs> us and we and our. And I barely spoken to the guy for a solid hour. Red flag? Yes. Then... The conversation turned to how many kids we wanted and what we were going to name them. He wanted to name our first son after his father. <laughs> I oh. wanted to name Why? some point. Why? Why? <laughs> and you know what? I, I know I've said it many times on this podcast, but I really feel like maybe this is the hot person bubble again. Like you've mm. been allowed to just be weird. And say weird shit. And so like you haven't learned the lesson that like you that this is not an appropriate subject for a first date. I will Mm. say the other thing, too, is when you go on a first date and you really, really click with somebody, that feeling is magical. There Mm -hmm. is such a thing as new relationship energy or that like overwhelming feeling of like oxytocin, adrenaline, hormones, all of that stuff. Now, if you are an emotionally mature person, you're able to realize that and not start planning your fucking future together with this person 45 minutes after you meet. You just realize, wow, I'm really attracted to this other person. Or I can't wait to get to know them and see what happens instead of being like, yeah, having those thoughts, fine. But you keep that shit to yourself. Like, you don't That's say right. it out loud. Like, you can bury it deep you down can and never bring it up it. again. Look, I think it's actually not to scare every male listener that we have, but I think it's actually probably pretty common for people to think, like, I wonder what our kids would look like in sure. passing. You know what I mean? With somebody who they hit it off with. If right. they say that shit out loud to you 40 mm-hmm. minutes into a date, that's mm-hmm. a red flag. Like having yep. a thought what are we is not name the problem. Our kids? Yeah, like no, no. It's just it's a sign of an emotional immaturity to me, at least, and not being able to think through your emotions and convey them in a healthy. It does have a very way. like playhouse kind of vibe to it, which does right. I can see how you feel like it like comes off immature. Like it does have a like very like we're gonna play. We're grownups now and like what would we name our kids when we grow up? <laughs> right. Yeah, and and I mean I definitely had dates where I went back to to you guys or like, oh my God, I'm so attracted to him or like, oh my god. I can see myself like marrying this guy or whatever. I sure. definitely didn't say that to the dude. Yeah. Know? I mean, and to go off what you're saying, Cassie, about it being kind of like a playhouse thing, it would also turn me off because clearly 
what you're doing is inventing an idea of who you think I am based on this mm-hmm. one hour interaction we've had. And so now mm-hmm. you've built this entire future based on someone I'm I'm not. Like right. and and so then you're setting me up for failure because like all I'm gonna do is fall short of this like weird vision pedestal you put me on that yeah. you that you now have that you've expressed to me. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, needless to say, I did not see him again. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Not living in Westchester with our little clones of you. Our Uh, first son. Well, we got this message through our Facebook. Um, She says, hey, ladies, huge fan of the podcast. Y'all make my hour commute to work and home so much better especially my commute home since I get off work anywhere from midnight to 2 a.m. The podcast keeps me engaged so I don't end up falling asleep at the wheel. Oh, Oh my God. God. (laughs) Well, that's good. Um, Okay. So she says, uh, right now I'm listening to the episode Wink With Both Eyes. The clingy story (laughs) of Luke triggered some stories I have. I don't know why. But I have a history of people getting clung to me like super glue. And I have never dated any of these people or even talked to any of them in a manner other than like coworker or groomsman I had to walk down the aisle with. So oh, another wow. like moving to fast food. So that's some boss most- bitch energy, though, I have to say. Like, what is she putting out into the universe that people are like, junk, like suck to her that quickly? Yeah. Well, the most disturbing and downright creepy story I will tell you is about my coworker. He started in 2017 in the department I was working at and a completely different shift than I did. We might see each other like five minutes and that's in passing. And the most I would say would be, or the most he said was like, hey, I'm Trey, to which I responded, hi, I'm Darian. A couple months after he started, he transferred to the shift I was working. I remember just thinking he was really annoying. One of those people that's super book smart, but has no street smart. Uh. (laughs) He's definitely one of these people that will become a millionaire by accident. (laughs) (laughs) Life is cruel. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Anyways, so he got on my nerves really easily. So I remember trying my best to be as nice as possible. But I'm that type. My face will tell you exactly what I'm feeling if I want it to or not. Same. I feel like all three of us are like that as well. I think. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm to the point now where my mouth will tell you that as well. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, fuck the face. You know what? It is kind of funny because I feel like maybe listeners would think and um, our signs would say that like Cassie would be the one to get us into a fight. But it's going to be Christina. Like when we're when we're able to go back out in public, like it's going to be Christina who's going to say the wrong (laughs) thing to the wrong person. And suddenly we're throwing hands like it's I it's that bottom bunk mouth. (laughs) He's told me I have the worst resting bitch face he's ever seen and that he was scared to talk to me. But turns out I'm one of the nicest people he's ever met. Obviously, due to his lack of street smarts, he couldn't tell by my face that I couldn't stand him. But being the people pleaser I am, I would mm. still engage in conversation with him only if he started that conversation. Hi, it's me. I'm like, my face <laughs> will tell you exactly what I'm thinking. But will I still talk to you out of this Midwestern obligation to be nice? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, I quit that job in 2018. Never gave him a second thought. Well, 
This past year, in September of 2020, I cleaned houses on the side and happened to be cleaning his sister-in-law's house, who also happens to be a pretty good friend of mine. My friend's husband asked her if she told me about the hair thing, and she just starts busting out laughing, laughing so hard she's legit crying. Finally, she calmed down after about 10 minutes and was like, no, but I won't be able to, so you tell her. Her husband goes, so you remember Trey, right? And I was like, yeah, I remember him. The husband goes, okay, well, apparently Trey has a huge thing for you. So much that when he started working with you, you were all he was talking about in front of his girlfriend. There was literally no preparing me for where this conversation was about to go. Her (laughs) husband goes on with, so... When they were getting ready for their wedding, he told his fiance that she better dye her hair my red color so he could be reminded (gasps) of me on their wedding day. Oh, I'm going to throw up. That is fucked up. Ken's face right now is imagine. No. No. Fuck you. Oh, my God. I stood there shocked, remembering him kind of making statements about their wedding pictures, about how her red hair made her look kind of like a vampire. But no, I mean, she, she did it. Gorgeous. <gasps> she did it. Did it. <gasps> she did it. Why? If someone were to say they wanted to be reminded of someone else on our wedding day, I'd be like, boy, bye. I kept thinking about that. And they said that anytime they went over there, Trey would ask about me, say things about me. So now I'm wondering, does this boy have a secret shrine of me in the base? (gasps) A hundred fucking percent. You're not safe, girl. Girl, you're in danger. For real. No, I, you guys know, obsession is one of my scary, like I, I don't like that because I feel like that could take a turn at any moment into a scary, scary place. I don't like it. She also added on, oh, also him and his wife came into the restaurant I was working at and he requested me as their server. At this time, I had no idea. So I didn't think anything of it it other than I was the only server they knew. Looking back, could you imagine how awkward that must have been for her? Because they were married by this time. I need that wife to get some better girlfriends. Like you need some girlfriends who are talent who are pumping you up and telling you that you are worth so much more than that because that is some bullshit. If anybody either of you dated was treating you like that, you better believe like all of us would come out in force. That yes. I, that's I'd insane. Kidnap you. I would get you out by force. I'd be like, you don't <laughs> see it now, but this is for your own. Yeah, good, we need to deprogram. You can be mad you. at me right now. You got to be deprogrammed. <laughs> Look, we're gonna put you in the back of a van. Yeah, a, a, a van pulls up, uh-huh. slides open. Uh-huh. A, a, a big tarp goes over your face. You're just oh my god! Snatched. I wow. She, she did send pictures, and they're <gasps> they're both beautiful. They're both beautiful, but I'm just like, I'm so sad for the wife, and I'm yeah. also so scared for her because I'm like, girl, like <laughs> danger, 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 danger. That's some single white female shit. Oh, right please, please send those pictures to the group chat so that I yes. can look at them. Um, but wow, wow, wow. 
Okay. Yes. <clears throat> and then she she wraps it up with keep it up the wonderful work, ladies. Thank you for making a safe place for everyone to come and talk about things that maybe we wouldn't be able to talk about in real life. Aw. Hey. Thank you for writing in. That's wow. Quite the story. (laughs) All righty. I had been crushing on this guy from my very large and tight friend circle for a long time. I think both of us were leery to start something for fear of ruining our friendship. But after two years of flirting, we finally decided to give it a shot. We agreed that I would pick the restaurant where we'd eat prior to the activity of his choosing. And we would both surprise each other, which I actually think is kind of a cute idea. Um, well, just I, anyone planning anything is kind of a cute <laughs> idea. <laughs> and the the thing of like, oh, let's just meet up and see where it goes. See where it goes. You're like, oh, my God, how old are we? OK. I'm a big fan of Mexican food and had heard nothing but rave reviews about this new kind of upscale Mexican restaurant in town. So I decided this was the perfect time to try it out. <laughs> Christina's laughing already. Oh, no. You guys. Dude, I know what all that dairy and spice does to oh. my tummy. And oh. I'm, I'm like, that's not what I would choose to eat. But I also love it so much. I love Mexican food so much. Oh. Like, like it's so good. <laughs> I understand where this but. is coming from. Okay. Ooh. Prior to our date, I had been stressing. I changed my outfit about five times. He told me to wear something casual with comfortable shoes and spent the whole day alternating between coffee and wine with very little food in between. Ooh. <laughs> oh, <no>. Recipe for <laughs> disaster. Oh, my God. God, does wine give you guys the shits too? (laughs) No, but the yeah, the comp, especially the combination of that back and forth. (laughs) Yeah, don't coffee and red wine and Mexican food. Like you are literally going to Tommy gun out of your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Okay. He comes. He comes to pick me up, and we head to the restaurant. Things are going amazingly. None of the usual first date awkwardness because we already know each other so well. We get... (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. I've got to get it together. We get seated and now I'm starving. I order the enchilada comb. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm crying right now. It looks the same going in and coming out. Oh, no. Enchilada. Cha-cha-cha. Give me like two seconds. I will get it together. <laughs> okay. I ordered the enchilada combo with tortilla soup and a margarita. It was delicious. The conversation was great, and we're off to a great start. <laughs> oh no. When we go to get when we go to leave, I offered to pick up the check. I chose the place after all, but he insists on paying and we head to the activity. He tells me he wants to take me on a hike in the woods. <laughs> Oh, oh no. Oh no. I need to be way closer to a toilet. I need no. Up to a spot that's kind of special to him. He packed mm. champagne for us to have when we get there. Now, I'm pretty fit and not afraid of a hike, and I know him and I'm not scared he's going to murder me and throw my body over a cliff or anything, so I'm like, cool. We begin the drive up the side of the mountain and I realize that something from dinner isn't sitting right. Oh, girl. No. We were all there when you said enchiladas. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it was the coffee and wine before the date. Maybe it was the soup, but my stomach is rumbling and punctuated by sharp pains. 
I'm trying to keep my cool. I don't want to ruin this perfect date. So I'm just praying the pain passes by the time we start the hike. It doesn't. We begin our hike, and by this time, I'm feeling a distinct and familiar pressure building up. Oh, no, no, no. I'm trying to keep up with him and keep the pleasant conversation going. But in my head, all I can think about is finding a bathroom, but there were none in sight. The only bathroom was at the bottom of the mountain before I realized I was in crisis. We walk for about 15 minutes before I feel a violent lurch in my stomach and realize that I can't wait any longer. It's coming whether I want it or (gasps) not. And I can't force it away through sheer willpower as I had hoped. (laughs) He must have seen the look on my face because he asks, are you okay? And all I can get out is sorry before rushing as quickly as I can into the woods. Oh my god. <laughs> I drop my pants right there behind a tree and let out the most intense diarrhea of my life. <laughs> Think that scene in Bridesmaids. While it's Sorry. happening, I can't help but think, yep, this is happening. You are shitting in the woods with the man of your dream standing around the corner. Oh, no. <laughs> like a bear. <laughs> like a bear. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, man. This goes on for a good two minutes, and I hear my date say meekly, everything okay? (laughs) Oh, no. I'm sure he heard everything. I didn't have any toilet paper on me, so I take off my undershirt and uh, use it instead. I mean. I know it's wrong to litter. Not mad. But I didn't know what else to do with it. I dug a hole with my foot and shoved the shirt into it before making my way back to my date with my head hung in shame. Oh, you got to do what you got to do. And I'm not mad about that. (laughs) You do that. Oh, God. He takes one look at me and bursts out laughing. He wasn't horrified or anything. Just thought the whole thing was hilarious. We decide to give up on the hike and go back to the car. He takes me home and I get cleaned up. I was sure he wanted to give up on the date at this point. But when I come out of the bathroom wearing a fresh pair of pants, he'd opened the bottle of champagne and was waiting for me at the table. That's a good one right now. That's a good one. (laughs) We shared the bottle and laugh about the whole thing. Of course, he had to tell our whole group what happened. And I still get shit about it to this day. But the relationship (laughs) ended up working out. We've been together for two years and just moved in a month ago. No, Yay! we've never been back to that restaurant. <laughs> oh. Dude, that's, that's what it is, man. You know, embarrassing stuff is going to happen no matter no matter what happens. And someone that's able to be graceful about it is a, is a keeper. Uh, mm. Oh, my God. Damn, <laughs> I had a good poop story in a minute. So, wow, Jesus. Okay, are you guys ready? Yes. (laughs) Place yourself there. It's the 1980s. It's lavish. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Cocaine everywhere across glass tabletops. Mirrored tabletops and just (laughs) lines and lines as the day is long and it's big hair and everything's big. Everything smells like Aquanet. Yes. I imagine right. just chemical Your smell feet stick to the floor in those jelly shoes the ozone um, is dissolving okay sorry go ahead mm. yeah so you get the picture we're there this is the peak of the height of like just 
glam, right? Yeah. This is also the peak of the TV evangelist. This is when... <laughs> Keegan, your face. My body, I just... There was a shiver that went through my whole body. Oh, okay. I grew up with this shit on, what was it, like yep. 700 Club? Like every Gross. Sunday that was just like yep. on in the background. Like, oh, well, we, for fuck's sake. We are going to dive into the story of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, Tammy Faye. See, this scandal. stuff was never on in my childhood or around me because I will say like, we weren't like a real like church family, like Catholic. Yeah. So, you know. That kind of preaching makes me very uncomfortable. As it should. Like, I, the, yeah. the, the how this kind of preaching, which in my family is actually, it's very common. Like, this is not an unusual thing. Like, a, a family of, like, Baptists. Girl, do you remember Jimmy and, Swaggart? I'm sorry? Jimmy Swaggart? Do you remember him? I feel like if I saw a picture, I, w- yeah. I would probably. Like, there was that sing- that girl singer, Patty something. I don't know, man, but this stuff was so commonplace in my childhood, like all of this, like very like evangelical prosperity principle um, Mm -hmm. shit. And it is it gets under my skin in a way I can't explain. And I'm going to try and keep my mouth shut as much as possible while you tell your story. But like it, it, it upsets me deeply because it is so predatory and it is Mm -hmm. predatory in a way that is like. You are playing on people's deepest like fears and insecurities when it comes to like religion. You know what yeah. I mean? That it's it makes me so mad. But okay. Yeah. No, it's I actually picked the story because A, it's close to Keegan's birthday. And Ooh. well, kind of close. Yeah. yeah. Close enough. I was like thinking about when this was landing, and I'm like, it's kind of close. And I'm just like, Keegan is going to have a lot of comments. A lot to input. Oh dear! A lot, <laughs> a lot of feedback, and uh, I, I just feel like you and I have a very similar mm. background when it comes to that. And mm-hmm. I myself, like I said, I grew up going around to different churches and praise teams and singing. Oh yes, and, yeah. It was. Yeah. We yeah. as Catholics do not celebrate no. our faith <laughs> or testify or like it's like you know not. it's very <laughs> no you guys bury it deep down and never bring it up you know it's it's so interesting like having come from the midwest where like i think whenever oh no but having come from the midwest where like i feel like this kind of like evangelical sort of thing is more common um where i'm from in the midwest and then having like a catholic fiance now It Mm -hmm. has been very interesting for me to kind of like have to try and explain to him something that I felt was very like commonplace growing up. And so like I do now say like if you want to understand what I'm talking about, go watch that Jesus Camp documentary because like, yeah, that shit was terrifying. It's that. Yeah. 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 It is terrifying. I started watching it. I had to turn it off. I was like, yeah, I'm triggered. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I as well. It's so funny that you say that because Chris, I mean, he wasn't raised religious, but again, it's because he was Catholic. So (laughs) same thing, you know, like it just was not like it it just doesn't feel like your your whole livelihood revolved around Mm -hmm. the religion. Mm -hmm. No, you know, in that way. So, yeah. All right. So. Jim and Tammy Faye started their career in the early 60s. They were um, they were like actually like 
Christian puppeteers. They had like a little puppet show that they put on for kids. <laughs> Not and to derail like, you already, but I was on the puppet team at my church. So <gasps> me take too. that. Really? <laughs> I didn't mean to scream that. So sorry. Okay. What I the was fuck? Too. <laughs> there were Why puppet were there teams. puppets at your church? Look, so they, they were puppets like like on Sesame Street or whatever. And Oh, ours weren't even like that. No. Oh, ours we were... Did, I, like animals ours were animals oh man mine were like the ones on sesame street so you had the puppet that you put your hand in and then with your other hand it had like sticks for the hands so you would have to learn how to like do a convincing like mouth movement to go along with praise songs or whatever and then um also move the arms like at the same time and so we would meet up like once a week there was like a, a puppeteer teacher who would like teach you how to do this and then you would put on like um you know especially for kids you would have like a script where like your puppets would interact and like tell you about jesus Uh Mm uh-huh so my church had incense that would make you feel sick to your stomach (laughs) and a whole lot of reciting things that you didn't understand oh you didn't have fun puppets no okay no no stand sit kneel stand sit kneel kneel stand kneel stand sit yep Okay. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Okay. So, so Jim and Tammy are our master puppeteers. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Great. For a Christian puppet show. This is kind of the beginnings of Christian uh, television, right? So this is it's very. This is like in the beginning. Uh, I mean, the the idea of a, a children's portion of the show having like a, a little kids puppet show was was like the most radical thing happening at the time so you know like we're talking about like the very beginnings of like christian television this is not you know at the most it was like a lot of boring like preaching and here's what it would have been like if you miss church today kind of stuff then you know along comes things like 700 club which jim and tammy faye start you know kind of take the mantle of making it the first real almost like christian talk show right so it went from like just boring church sermon like hey you miss sunday school here's a lesson for you to like actually being something that was felt like an everyday show like something like uh, you know like a real christian talk show that mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. felt contemporary felt relatable and we're gonna just it's it's gonna be just god us today we're gonna talk the talk <laughs> <laughs> they uh quickly though outgrew the 700 club because they they were just growing in and they're you know they're getting steam behind them right like people are really embracing tammy Faye and jim they're you know lovable they're big personalities they play off each other so well they have this really great like banter and relationship together so they quickly joined the trinity broadcast network soon outgrew trinity broadcasting and quickly ended up uh creating their own like network which was called ptl i will say the lord of course of course i will say like i didn't know even having grown up with like 700 club on i couldn't have told Mm -hmm. you what jim baker looked like but i Mm. sure as hell could have told you what tammy faye looked like like she was like the star really i mean like people thought that jim baker was like you know a good preacher and whatever but like tammy faye was like a pop but not pop, but like a, you know, pop culture kind of phenomenon. Yeah. In right. a way, you know. Well, 
and became yeah. even more so, which I'll yes, talk about yeah. too toward the end. But yeah, Tammy Faye. So like their dynamic is like Jim Baker is, you know, the preacher. He's charismatic. He's sharing the word of God. And it really was a prosperity message that that the church was meant to be prosperous, that people were meant to be prosperous, that, that, you know, we were meant to, you know, live these lives of wealth and, and glory, right? In his name. Right. And if you have it, if you have millions of dollars and an incredible home and 16 luxury cars, it's because God has blessed you. And if you don't have those things, it's because you're not not doing enough or it's not Mm -hmm. God's will or whatever. I grew up with that shit. It's so upsetting to me. Um, It's very prevalent, like uh, on both sides of my family, both in like that very Baptist kind of Southern Baptist uh, culture and also like in the black church, that shit happens all the time like I remember my grandparents pastor was always talking about like not having enough and needing it the church fund but came to the building fund right but came to church in a Lincoln every day when like a Mm. lot of his congregation were struggling and it's like and I don't I don't understand that because as somebody that that did go I went to Catholic school from preschool all the way on up I have a a very good understanding of the Bible Mm mm-hmm I feel like a lot of the New Testament mm-hmm. is like, don't be fucking rich. Like that's you not what wrong. it's about. And I, I, I did not grow yeah. up with this kind of kind of preaching and that sort of thing. So whenever I hear about it, I'm like, but it directly contradicts what a hundred percent book you're supposed to be a hundred percent. I mean, look at Joel Austin's house, like the hel- the helicopter views oh. or drone views of Joel Austin's house. Off. It, it sh- and it you. should it should make you yeah. upset whenever like you know I don't know it's so antithetical I don't know if I'm using that word right of like what is actually in the Bible and what Jesus actually preached it's yeah. it's distressing that like so many people get on board well, with that's it. that's the thing too it's like you're literally asking people these p- sometimes elderly sometimes you know poor to mm-hmm, give. Mm-hmm money mm-hmm. to you and your church it's and they'll be blessed if you do that and like and you won't be if you're you buying don't. blessings mm-hmm. that's right yeah so I think Tammy- it used to be a thing too in the catholic church that they used to sell like a long time ago like we're talking like middle ages where um they used to do the same kind of thing where you could basically buy your way into heaven like you'd Mm. make a donation to the church and the church would give you a document saying like good job you get into heaven that's not how this works nope (laughs) at all not to my understanding anyway i mean i am i am no preacher or uh theologian of bible or you know (laughs) etc yes etc etc big words um however this was their mantelpiece, right? Like this was their PTL, praise the Lord, you know, broadcasting network. It was their their way to give back to the Christian community, right? So like I said, you know, Jem is preaching Lord's word and he is sharing the good the good word and asking you to help him and help PTL save the children, save the people. And, you know, while he's doing this, his 
lovely wife, Tammy Faye, would sing. It was almost like a Christian variety show, right? Like at the time, it was a really like a Christian variety show. There would be a little bit of preaching, and then there's Tammy Faye singing, and they talk to some children, and it's just, you know, a little bit of this. They'd have a little sketch. They'd, some puppets, they'd show you them know. Yeah, there's little snippets of them messing around, like being silly. <laughs> They're so cute. And all of this was to, again, bring in these monetary pledges. These pledges were to support missions in foreign countries. And these missions were, you know, again, these were set up to be missions where they were would go to other countries, build communities, and preach the good gospel word around the world, right? <coughs> so this was their... I mean, was I went, it? I went, yes. I went on missions. I went oh, on many that, missions. That, that part out. Cause I, I don't know enough about missions and I don't want to shit on people trying to do good things. For I mean, other people. here's the thing. Yeah, I do yeah. believe that there are people who really do good work in missions. And the, I believe that there is, but I also have a strong feeling that missions are meant to do two things. One is to do good works, help and and a community, but it's also primary goal is to spread uh their gospel. Spread uh, 100%. their version. I mean, here's the thing, like uh, yeah, cut it out for sure. But like it, it's yeah. missions do a lot of good. I did a lot of good on missions. There are a lot of good things objectively that came out of the missions that I went on and I went because I wanted to do good things. But yes, like is was the point of the mission it's it's basically colonialism yes yeah like yeah <laughs> i mean A looking at it now percent, yes. like i'm like oh yes we were tools for this yeah. this thing yeah 100% yeah. It's so funny to me because I feel like the last church I landed in, which was a Presbyterian church when and very not like the very not this at all. Even well, the I mission think there's that only we, like a small difference between Catholicism and Presbyterianism when it comes maybe. to like the tenets of the the faith. It's not oh. that 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 much different. The way you it's, celebrate is different. Sure. But, but I do know that like the missions that we went on when I was when we went to the Presbyterian Church were not we went to places like we were helping like I, I told you guys about this mission that the Duval home and, and helping the mentally and physically very handicapped. And it wasn't about spreading the gospel or anything. It was just really meant uh, to be a good Samaritan to your community. And I appreciate that. So I do think that there are a lot of churches and i'm not saying it's only presbyterian or it's only i've Baptist been on both or it's only lutheran i've been or on both through churches yeah. i've been on ones that are like we are just here for the community to like service yeah. you and however you need and like that's very christian and i actually i admire that and respect that and i've also been when i went to romania we did a lot of good stuff but i also know that like <clears throat> a big part of it looking back now was like oh we're trying even this specific type of Christianity wasn't good enough. Like Romanian um, Orthodox, which is like similar mm -hmm. to a, a Catholicism, they were a target demographic for us to like get because we were like well, they're not born again. Yeah, they're not. Keegan. They're not our type of Christian, so we need to, yeah. you know, convert them or whatever. Anyway, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm going to stop derailing. No, this is. I mean, this is all part of the conversation, right? And I, I think that that's too. You're looking at a time when it was there was a there was a brand of of Christianity that 
spoke to a people who maybe have strayed and could be born again, could come back into the fold. And if for a nice small donation of $1,000, you too can support this great works, right? Mm -hmm. So by 1979, so this is early on, in what they're doing. This isn't even at the heights of like the eighties. This is early on. Their missions are already, they're already getting $1.5 million a month, a month, $1.5 million a month. Can you fucking imagine in 1979 at the beginning of this? I'm holding my tongue because I feel like I'm going to have a lot to say and I'm trying to use my minutes wisely here. But um, <laughs> surprisingly, the couple also had, I mean, imagine this, this couple, Jim and Tammy Faye, their missions are just flourishing, but they also have five under trois quatre cinq, five homes, three luxury cars, a, a Rolls Royce. I mean, we're talking like a Rolls Royce is easily a hundred thousand dollar car, mm-hmm. right? Just that alone. Five homes. Can I just say that no one needs a Rolls Royce? Like, if Can that's your thing that- and that's how you want to spend your money, like, okay. But like, nobody needs three luxury cars. One of them being a Rolls Royce. I, Nobody needs five homes. Five. I just, you know, I'm the I'm the eat the rich. I know. Uh, I knew you'd kind love of this. person. I I typically find um, extreme wealth like that incredibly offensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since, like, I know, like, what good you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that I'm offended by extreme wealth. I'm just offended by the way a lot of people choose to use mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Because the and, thing and is, on the backs of all these working people uh-huh. doing almost nothing to, uh-huh. to achieve it, uh-huh. that's what pisses I mean, you off. That's that's the thing is like, I I know what I just said, but if for instance, like all your life you were like, I it's my dream to own a Rolls Royce, right? And then you have money and you can finally buy one for yourself. I wouldn't begrudge someone having one. I don't want it to come out as like a like everybody who owns Rolls Royce is bad. It's a more of an issue of like. You have manipulated the system and these people and their mm-hmm. belief in you to have this unnecessary wealth that is gr- gross and also just yeah. so counter to what you are preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not, yeah. though. That's the thing. This is all about what they are preaching. Ugh. It's just all because God wanted them to have a prosperous Okay, but that's not life. the Bible. It's like you're just making shit up like to it's suit yourself. It's a prosperity yourself. gospel. That's what they're teaching. But you're absolutely right. I, We're in the Bible. Like, I mean, look, I think God wants us to have a great life. If that's what you believe, that's fine. But... It's just it's this is knocking over the temples like this to me is like completely against. I mean, well, it also does a lot to 
demonize the poor and take mm-hmm. take the eyes away from like the actual systemic issues mm-hmm. that are keeping people in poverty and instead placing the blame on the individual. Mm-hmm. And so then people start to believe it. They're like, I'm poor because I don't work hard enough or I don't worship God enough instead of really looking at the issues mm-hmm. that we have in this country that keeps poor people. It's poor. a distraction technique, mm-hmm. like absolutely. Yes. And, it, and it does point to there is something morally wrong with you that has mm-hmm. led to the reason That's why right. you are in the position that you're in rather than there were generations of inequity that led mm-hmm. to this situation in the first place. And like, it's unforgivable. Yeah. This is absolutely, I think, part of something that leaked into our culture at this time that has absolutely bred this thought process. You're absolutely right, Christina. Mm-hmm. I knew this one would make you upset. It is it is very upsetting and it does piss there me off. There are flames just on the side yes. of everyone's face. My, my computer is so hot right on now. On this call. Just, yeah, yeah. Um uh, they are just surrounded by so much wealth and prosperity that even their children, their small children, have their own bodyguards. Could you fucking imagine? Like, honestly. In 1978, so just before this, they had actually built Heritage USA. It's a Christian-based family fun theme park. Um, And at the time, not only are they bringing in so much money, they both, I mean, for their company, they're also bringing in one million dollars each of them are paying themselves from this PTL network. One million dollars a year—that's their salary. Just, just that. So don't worry; it's only a million dollars a year. That's what mm-hmm. their salaries are for the mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, necessary. But they start—they start Heritage USA. Fun fact: My husband has been to Heritage USA. His grandparents took him to Heritage USA as uh, on a trip. And it's it was so it's like a theme park. It had like rides, Christian entertainment. It was the Disneyland of Christianity. And my husband has been there. <laughs> Nothing fills me with more like intense dread than the idea yes. of going to wow. something like that. Like I, you know what? I feel like Branson. Oh, honey, not right. Yeah, I mean, you like you're not wrong. That's it's a similar vibe being from somewhere near Branson. Yeah, like it's a it's a similar vibe. Um, And look, as a kid, actually, I probably would have liked Heritage USA. I probably would have liked it as a kid. And you know what? As business people, Jim and Tammy Faye, genius. (laughs) Like, I I mean, brilliant, but abhorrent. Yeah. (laughs) yes exactly um but as we know guys wealth does not buy happiness and as early as 1978 the charlotte chronicle um they're based out of charlotte area was starting to ask a lot of questions about where is all this money going uh you know it seems like you guys are getting a lot of money coming in what's going on one person at the charlotte chronicle was like pardon (laughs) excuse me this doesn't look quite right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, actually, uh, this doesn't uh, look like it's uh, uh, all in the up and up. Uh, the FCC began a five-year-long investigation at this time. Rumors of mishandling funds and uh, a possible affair with Tammy and her record producer, Gary Paxton, apparently no relation 
That's what he said anyway. <laughs> also, record producer, I feel like, was just dropped real casually. Like, is Tammy oh, Faye, yeah, Tam- like, recording an album? Oh, yeah, multiple albums. <laughs> I forgot yeah, about Tammy that. Tammy Faye was a singer and had been recording music. I guess this is part of that, like, I assume everybody knows everything I do because I'm old and grew up during this time. But no, Tammy Faye was, like, a big... You know, the, like albums, uh, Christian albums were a huge thing back then. And she was recording albums. And so, yeah, her record producer, there was like a big rumor going around at the time. And again, we don't know if it's true or false. It's just it was a rumor that was going around at the time that Gary Paxton, again, no relation, uh, her record producer and her were having an affair. And apparently Jim thought that the best course of action was to make Tammy jealous He's like, you know what will help our relationship is if I take this rumor that's going around and I allow it to make me do something that will make her jealous. And you know what that thing's going to be? I'm going to go on a trip to Florida with my good friend and colleague, and he's going to introduce me to this wonderfully beautiful secretary named Jessica Hahn. How Christian of him. It's very, you know, it's thoughtful is what it is. <laughs> it's thoughtful. All seems fine until just uh, Jessica. So Jessica Hahn is the impetus of what brings down the entire of PTL. So Jessica Hahn is this beautiful young secretary who is from, from New York. They meet in outside of Miami and, he and she and Tammy Faye, or I'm sorry, she and Jim meet up and have one night of 15 minutes worth of passion, as told by both Jim and her. Wow, oh, Jim wow. didn't even try to inflate the time. Like, he nah, was like... 15 to 20 minutes of pure passion. <laughs> oh, my... Honey. Okay. That 15 to 20 minutes of pure passion destroyed <laughs> everything it all came tumbling down so all kind of seems fine after the fact right you know everything is whatever it just happened no big deal and then jessica's like you know what knock 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 ptl um i'm gonna I'm going to go ahead and need some hush money if you want me to keep this. Secure the bag, Jessica. Yeah. You know, like, look, they want to play shady. You can play shady, too. This is God blessing you with this opportunity. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) For you to secure that bag, honey. Zip it up. She wants $10 million to be quiet. They settle. They settle for the nice, fair sum of $250,000. Honey, negotiate better. I know. And a trust fund that will accrue interest. They even share uh, this. This PTL is like we are under investigation. So you know what we got to do is we got to make sure that we're keeping track of all of our monies incoming, outgoing. And we want to make sure that you have receipts. So here is a receipt for (laughs) a payment. They're like, do you want a paper trail? We can give you a paper trail. (laughs) <laughs> and they did. The what the big, hell? big dumb, dumb dummies that they are. Ah, that's some made stormy Daniel trail. shit. <laughs> and the Charlotte Chronicle is like, hey, we caught wind of this little like mystery payment to a Jessica Hahn. 
That seems weird. And so they reach out to PTL and they're like, hey, what's 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 going on here? They're like, oh, no, no, it's nothing. It's nothing to look at. Uh, this is it's no it's big deal at all. Consultant fee. <laughs> yeah, right. And which Jessica's very happy to tell exactly what this fee is for because she's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, she's I like, asked for ten million. You give me a paltry two hundred fifty. Yeah, she's like, okay. you know what would have kept my mouth shut? The full ten. Okay, mm-hmm. but y'all wanted to be feeling stingy. The mounting, <laughs> feeling the mounting pressure of this, Jim reaches out to his good buddy Jerry Falwell for advice. Oh. <laughs> well, seeing as to what has happened to the Falwells, he's seeing into the future. All on the up and up. I, I don't know if I'd take advice <laughs> from that well, budding controversy. Oof. Falwell had a rival network and was out of out of the very kindness of his heart. He helped take over for Jim. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to take on this mantle of PTL for you because I care so much to also gain this wealth of yours. I mean, I mean, to help you and and spiritually help guide you, Jim and Tammy. And I'm I'm just I'm here for you guys. Right. That. This motherfucker was like, nah, just kidding. No. <laughs> he he wasn't on the up and up. on Jam and Tammy and says that it wasn't just Han, that Jim Baker was a homosexual. <gasps> oh. And he, he and his wife were into wife swapping and turned this singular scandal into one of the most wild scandals you have ever heard especially in a christian community ptl and heritage would all soon collapse in a chapter 11 bankruptcy and eventually the money problem came to a head and uh jerry or i'm sorry not jerry jim was convicted on conspiracy and fraud charges he was scheduled to serve 45 years in prison for the fraud for this conspiracy charges tammy Fay, though the professed love of Jim's life. They, they had been together since like they were teenagers. These two were absolutely in love with each other. And even like interviews of Jim after having had gotten out of prison, like he like was like, this was the absolute love of my love of my life. Jim, like Jim was in love with her. And I think seemingly they truly were in love with each other. Um, But she, you know, he he's going to go to jail now for 45 years right Mm -hmm. so you know i think tammy probably tried her best to stay in a relationship with somebody who wasn't there but also at the same time is looking at her long term and saying how how do you become stay in a relationship somebody who's going to be in prison for 45 years right yeah and she's also been getting a little bit emotional support from jim's best friend ro messner no (laughs) yeah the scandal and of course, while in prison, Tammy Faye would leave Jim eventually for Roe, who she would eventually marry in 1993, just before he, Roe, went to prison for his involvement Ma'am, in this scandal. There are other men. Which is that. I, look, you can, you can date outside this circle. Girl can pick him, huh? Yeah. Jim himself, he did end up getting out of prison early after only only serving like five years of prison because he was released on an appeal. Um, 
I, I will be honest with you, 45 years for the charges feels feels high. Um, he was also, of course, there was a monetary. This is um, America. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to our sentencing. There isn't. <laughs> like, it doesn't make. We've done stories on this podcast where we're like manslaughter four years, you know, and right. then like it, things like this happen. Look, we got to stop trying to figure it out. It doesn't make yeah. sense ever. <laughs> yeah yeah there's no there's no put two two together on this one um though they had spent 33 years together they never did reconnect um and during a 1996 interview he still had photos of tammy faye on his wall he, again like he's still i think truly in love with her jim would eventually find love again and he does remarry they he and his wife adopt five children and they would uh predictably rejoin christian tv circuit and unlike Tammy Faye, who had become a gay icon. Yeah. Yeah. Still spouts, That's how I recognize her face. <laughs> sure. I'm like, he still spouts an anti-gay message as well as preaching an end of times message. Mm-hmm. He is selling, currently selling his goods mm-hmm. and sharing predictions that he says he receives directly from God himself. These predictions are into times. He actually was recently sued over his cure for COVID. Mm-hmm, that the he was silver, selling. yeah, yeah, colloided silver. I know. I mean, look, how oh, do I get? How do I get me one of those direct lines to God? Because okay. I could use one of those. Just a direct bring, bring. phone line to Jesus. Like, what's up, homie? Hi, can you give me some advice? I'm really needing some advice right now. Yeah, I'd heard about that at the beginning of because he's now in Branson. So, it speaking of, of course he is. Um, and that's where (laughs) his like thing is coming out of. And he was sued because in the beginning of like this time last year, or in March or April last year, saying that colloided silver, which is a big thing in like. Christians naturalist circles um oh. like anti <laughs> science circles basically as like a cure all he was saying that it had like a 90% chance of curing covid if you took but you had to buy like his special brand mm. and he also is a big doomsdayer who sells like yes. buckets of so like So that's how he's making his millions mm-hmm, now which is mm-hmm. selling doomsday kit Yeah you want some he's dehydrated selling- mac and cheese you can buy yeah. the Jim Baker brand and put it in your bunker for whenever the end of wow. times comes. It's it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. It truly is. Tammy Faye is honestly, you know, she did become like a real strong gay icon. There was, you know, a movie about her, all kinds of stuff. The thing that I found shocking, and I guess I didn't really know, was that it wasn't just about like her and her personality and her look. And, you know, I think we all know the Tammy Faye and the eyes Big and eyelashes the streaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, the lashes. And they look like they're like spider <laughs> yes. legs, you know, like, and it's just the, the smeared mascara visual that we have of her. But she, this is, you know, we're talking like their time period was like late seventies, mid 80s that was like their peak time and this is as the AIDS crisis is is coming on mm-hmm. and Tammy was a very early supporter of the AIDS crisis how the pandemic itself how it was affecting the gay community and was a very strong supporter of of these people um and and the struggles of the gay community at the time so she was a very early on a big 
big proponents of that. Oh, well, that's that's good. I was shocked to know that. I didn't realize. I guess in my mind, I think of uh, the that community as being very anti-gay. It which is. I know Jim is. Mm-hmm. It is. Which and which so would make I was her support even more impressive. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's definitely going against. I think probably a lot of her predecessors and or colleagues uh, in in this, especially during that time, because because. You know, in the early 80s, especially then, I mean, at, and even all the way through the 90s, I mean, you're, you're talking about the, the things that were said about the AIDS virus, the th- thing about the things that were being said about the gay community were just mm-hmm. tragic, mm-hmm. tragic. Mm-hmm. So to think of her as being somebody who was supportive during a time that was not easy to do was shocking to me. I just wasn't aware. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow, good one. I know it wasn't technically like what we typically do for a crazy in love, but I just, I was like, I want something that isn't death related this week. I understand. Yeah, Yeah, I understand. And like, I do find couples like that very interesting. You know, they, they are pretty fascinating for me. And of course, as we've already said, subjects like this, triggering. Yeah. For me, yeah. they bring up a lot of like I- issues for me personally, and I'm sure that a lot of other people feel that way as well. And like, yeah, Jim and Tammy Faye were a huge kind of like cultural icon, especially if you grew up in any kind of like evangelical circle. And the fact mm-hmm. that Jim Baker is still out kind of doing the same thing and like Wild. has managed to hoodwink a whole new generation of people is... <sighs> wild yeah 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 and i i want to make it clear too like i i never want to come off as as anti-religion of course like i have oh, yeah. no problem with anybody worshiping or feeling their faith the way that they want to but what bothers me is when people take advantage of that yes. and i find that to be a through line for a lot of organized religion. And that's what I don't like is when people are getting taken advantage of on something that is very personal and very important to people. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because like as somebody who grew up very religious and took it very seriously, I, I, it never works to try and like talk down to someone or punch down to them. Um, about their beliefs at all. And I would never do that. What does bother me is exactly what you said when it's individuals who have decided that they're going to use someone's deeply rooted beliefs and their faith and something that they hold very dear and sacred to them and use it to take advantage of them. And and Mm -hmm. in, in a way that is, again, so counter to what those actual beliefs should be, it it's very hard for me to watch um mm-hmm. and again yeah so i i'm absolutely in support of however you want to express your beliefs or your religion i have no problem with any of that ever it's just mm-hmm. i don't like so seeing people, people get people take advantage take of. advantage mm-hmm. to like profit or or even people like trump who take advantage of it to to gain power you know you're you're exploiting something like i i don't criticize anyone's beliefs mainly or their worship because what the fuck do I know? Exactly. I don't know the truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what you believe and and what you feel like or what gives you meaning or makes you want to be a better person is personal to you and like that's fine, but the people that then take it and twist it to 
to gain power or profit mm-hmm. or or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. from that is is what's really um, twisted. It's twisted. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's if and it goes and it goes for every it goes for every belief system system. It goes for every religion. We're not singling anybody out. Anyone Correct. who wants to take right. advantage of anybody in that way is in the name of in the name of is like disgusting to me you know and you all deserve better we all deserve better right so yeah well well on that no (laughs) i um i will go first on the what are you watching train because mine is quick and painless we are just absolutely addicted still to er Mm -hmm. um and just just riding that er train choo choo bitches (laughs) (laughs) i started Peaky Blinders. Oh, <gasps> mm, girl, tell um, me, tell I me, because I know I told you last I, episode. Like- I had, I had to stop because I don't know if you guys do this. Being in a relationship, sometimes when you watch something, you're like, I know that this is mm-hmm. something only I will like, and this is yes. fine. But I, I had to stop because I was like, I feel like this is something that mm-hmm. Eric, Eric would like, like to watch. I've been there as for well. sure many and times. So I, yes. I watched the whole first episode and I was like, mm, I'm in this, but I feel like this is also something I could share. So mm-hmm. yeah. Thoughts on Kellyanne um, uh, Murphy so far? What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I freaking knew it. I mean, look, Ooh, my face is your face. hot right now. Dude, I mean, <laughs> there's a tightness in my chest and I haven't even seen it in like a year. So, oh shit. Damn, you guys! Now I gotta have to. That man, his cheekbones, mm. his eyes, jaw, jaw. Mm-hmm. honey, his eyes. Oh my Accent. god! All of it. Yes. <laughs> you I, name it. You name it. I'm like going back in time, doing mm-hmm. some like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're yes. having so wild, I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> having wild like early 20th century dreams. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand. <laughs> I get it. Yep. Um, okay. For me, I've been watching the history of swear words on Netflix. Oh, yes. I watched oh, that. I, oh, I that. like it. It's got, um, it's got Nicolas Cage hosting Cage. it. And then it's just like comedians and et- etymologists kind of like talking about like Love. how these swear words came to exist. And I had listened to, and it was, a, it's a very good episode of Stuff You Should Know where they talk about the history of curse words. And um, so it, it's already been something that I find kind of like interesting and then it's done in a very entertaining way. So I've watched the first two did episodes. You, did you watch the bitch one? Yet? Not yet. The bitch one is my favorite one. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. I'm I'm down. In my other podcast, Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, we did a whole episode on women who swear. And so we did kind of look into like bitch specifically mm-hmm. and like things like that. Um, that shit. But I find it so fascinating the way that like words can kind of like change throughout history and how they got their start and etymology and all that stuff so go watch please it please tell me you've listened to away with words no I know you've brought it up before and i have not yes. i know i'm just oh, terrible i'm so if glad you, love- you mentioned that again yeah i, I want to listen to it because mm-hmm. yeah i'm a total word oh, junkie word nerd. as well mm-hmm. yeah 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 so fun yeah away with words high recommend cool well, hey, if you've got stuff we should check out, if you've got stories to share, if you want to just reach out and say hello, go to our one-stop shop of a website. It's myworstdatepodcast.com. And we love you so much. Cheers. Cheers.
This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.